Good evening, and welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Compolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope here with a Weekend Ahead edition for November 26th, 2021. Here in the midst of the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States, I have not updated uh, for about a week. Thank you for your patience with that, though I do have... Uh, a little special segment, which is the first 20 minutes of my Sagittarius Astrology Studio, formerly called the Birthday Reading, uh, and that reading uh, goes on for an hour and a half, and uh, it is priced at a tiny fraction the cost of a professional astrology consultation, but designed to serve in the same uh, spiritually and psychologically grounding life-affirming and expansive way. So if you are Sagittarius, Sag Rising, Sag Moon, and are curious, check that out. And if you're not, uh, check it out. There's a lot of juicy stuff in there for everyone. We begin tonight with the moon in very late Leo. It will switch into Virgo, I guess about um, two and a half to three hours after I'm done recording. Uh, So uh, that means that uh, looking at the moon changing signs to Virgo, I would say a little bit after 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Till then, it is void, of course, meaning that if you've had a kind of uh, a sensation of not quite being able to sweep all the pieces together or hold one thought in mind that is uh, partly not exactly an explanation, but it's a reflection. The the moon void, of course, means that the moon is done making aspects uh, to planets in its current sign and will not begin making new aspects until it is in the new sign, which will be Virgo. Now, the moon void, of course, is a real thing. It's an interesting thing. And uh, I have noticed that over the centuries, the definition gradually drifts and you get certain exceptions to the rule, Uh, for example, when the moon is in one of the signs where it is the strongest, for example, Cancer or Taurus. All right, so moon in late Leo, moving along, it's been a busy moon over the past few days, making aspects to things on the the fixed cross, most recently moon opposite Jupiter, that was uh, uh, earlier today, earlier Friday. Um, The Astrology of the moment is really two, I think, uh, very exciting things happening right now. One of them is a triple conjunction of Mercury, the Sun, and Vesta. The other is a sextile between Saturn and Chiron. That is exact right now. Sextile is a 60-degree aspect. It is one of the best aspects. It, it is useful in so many ways. It, it does not imply conflict. It does not imply a clash of any kind. It's not so easy that it disappears like a trine. Uh, a sextile gives you good traction and the ability to balance two signs that are of the same gender. In this case, Aries, where Chiron is, is a masculine sign, and Saturn, where uh, and Aquarius, where Saturn is, is 
a masculine sign. So uh, and any two signs that are 60 degrees apart are going to be the same gender. Uh, I don't take the gender thing too seriously, but it's worth to, worth knowing that there are masculine and feminine signs and um, and that there's interesting little wrinkles like Scorpio is a feminine sign, but it's ruled by Mars, which is a planet that's usually associated with masculinity. So that, that tells you a little bit about Scorpio, there's always a little joke in in when you look at these things that um, seem to not make sense. But Chiron and Aries makes perfect sense. And it especially makes perfect sense in a sextile to Saturn in Aquarius. And what we've got here is the dominant theme of the times in which we're alive, which is the need for self-actualization uh, driven by Chiron in Aries. The quest for oneself, the search for oneself, the... Uh, the, the uh, experiencing the urgency of becoming who you are is one of the most helpful utilities that we have now uh, at this time. The other is uh, Saturn in Aquarius, which emphasizes Aquarius tremendously. Saturn is the ruler of Aquarius, but it's not there very often. It's only there for about two and a half years out of every 30 years. Uh, so it is a, a rare event, and Saturn is still... Uh, in the early-ish degrees of Aquarius. And Aquarius is another sign that, like Aries, is um, about individuality. And Aquarius, though, is is the sensation of where the individual and the group meet and whether within any group uh, there is any allowance made for individuation, for for becoming and for growth, or does the group serve to suppress growth. And so these two uh, points are, are in this exact aspect now as we speak. Chiron at 8, Aries 40, Saturn at 8, Aquarius 40. Uh, this is the third time this aspect has been exact this year. The previous one was on June 23rd, 2021. The previous one before that was February 9th, 2021. So this has been an aspect that spans the entire year and has, in a sense, been a saving grace uh, for us this year where there has been so much pressure brought to bear on people for, uh, in, in urging and encouraging them uh, to give up their individuality. And it's even even become a kind of a campaign promise in politics. I will, uh, I, I will save you from this terrible task of having to be yourself. Just surrender your personality and your individuality and your rights and your freedoms and your desires and your needs. That's all selfish. Be like us. Do what we say to do. And neither Chiron in Aries nor Saturn in Aquarius really want that. Uh, Saturn in Aquarius is all about honoring the true nature of Aquarius, which is the idea that a group is only a group if it is a group of individuals. Otherwise, it's just a crowd at a baseball stadium or a mob scene at a riot. That's not actually individuality. That's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's mass consciousness. It's not group consciousness. The other really exciting uh, aspect today is well the one that, the one that's brewing and it's very close right now and let's see how to um, um, how to tune that one up um, well let's see 
when, when I clicked on the exact Saturn uh, Chiron sextile, um, it, uh, it comes out at 8.04.44, Friday night, Eastern Standard Time. And that is when the sun moves into its exact conjunction with a point called Vesta. Vesta is an asteroid. Um, it is, I, I think, one of the most interesting asteroids because it talks about the... Um, it, there, there is something about the, the, the nature of spiritual growth uh, where it relates to sexual growth that Vesta describes. And this, has, this conjunction happens once a year uh, because the sun you know, orbits around and, uh, and will we'll overtake Vesta once a year, although it's a little bit, it's a little bit less frequent than, than once a year. Let's, uh, then I'm, then I'm going to tell you what I, in my view, this is about. Remembering that astrology is a matter of interpretation. Uh, it, is, um, it, it, is, it is not strictly, uh, you know, this, this one thing says this one thing. Um, the conjunction of the sun and asteroid Vesta is at uh, 5.24 a.m. on the 28th. So that is Sunday morning at 5 a.m. or at its peak overnight Saturday to Sunday in uh, most of our time zones where our readers are. Um, Vesta is a point that describes one's own inner creative and sexual flame. So the first thing about Vesta is that it is a pot of fire. The pot of fire in classical Roman mythology and in Roman history was the the gates of the city, uh, the fire at the city gates where there was a, 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 f- a fire tended around the clock and it was tended by the Vestal virgins. And so unlike many, uh, many myths which center around gods and goddesses and deities and this kind of thing. The, the, the story of, of Vesta surrounds the human, the very real human women who, um, who tended this fire and were responsible for many uh, important activities in ancient Rome. And uh, that included um, holding space at Important state functions were always two vestal virgins holding space, uh, as if they were the kind of the guardians of the space. When we translate Vesta into um, you know human reality in our time, there is the uh, scenario of unusual relationship patterns, and what I mean by unusual relationship patterns is that. Often people with strong Vesta in their chart uh, are, are not really cut out for the normal type of monogamous relationships, or they want those relationships, but then they find out that they don't quite seem to happen the way that they are expecting or the, or the particular way that they want them to. And th- that's an, another way of saying that often people with a strong Vesta aspect in their charts can wonder why it is they cannot have the relationships that they want. And there's a submission involved with Vesta. There's a surrendering to the deeper truth of the, of the kinds of relationships that, uh, in a sense, it is your soul's mission to have. And often these involve two things. One is a profound sexual relationship with oneself. The other is 
uh, extended periods of celibacy. There's a number of ways number of ways to define that, but I would say outside of sexual relationships with other people. And the third is that those with a, a strong vesta tend to prepare people in their lives for their next relationship. All of these things relate to one another. It's significant that people with a strong vesta understand that their first sexual relationship is with themselves, their first emotional relationship is with themselves. And so a a prominent vesta, by which I mean conjunct the sun, conjunct the moon, conjunct Chiron, conjunct a planet like Venus and Mars, or as a prominent as a prominent feature in an aspect pattern, uh, honor that their first relationship is to themselves. And this is a, a profound inner journey that many people do not get to take uh, because they are so busy projecting their sexual desire and their needs and their fantasies onto other people. Whereas Vesta is saying, call all of this back within yourself and take care of uh, your inner focus and tend your inner flame. And this is uh, often accompanied by certain uh, facts and and necessities in in one's life. For example, partners not being available that point one toward oneself as a sexual partner. And so the masturbation experiences can become very deep and and self-reflective. Masturbation can truly be experienced as sex rather than what is normally experienced as in our culture and thought of as in our culture as some form of a substitute for sex. And when masturbation is experienced as a form of primary sex, this is uh, going to put one on a journey in to all of the feelings, thoughts, experiences, misgivings, needs, desires that are often uh, masked over or papered over by sexual relationship with other people people. And with that, there can be very intense experiences of processing guilt and shame. Now, in the tantric tradition, one of the most important things that you can do is move in the direction of these experiences rather than away from them. And so uh, usually this is described as embarrassment. And so if we think of guilt, shame, and embarrassment as being similar, uh, similar expressions of a similar idea, embarrassment is the, is the mildest form of this and, in a, in a sense, the most titillating form of, uh, of, of the three, though they are all related and you can see that they can um, interloop in, in many uh, different ways, but one of the the ways to work with vestal energy is to work with the energy of embarrassment and go inward and toward it. And as you brush aside some of the veils and cross over some of the thresholds within yourself, um, you might find that you are in kind of a dance or a confrontation with shame. And this is a profound experience. I mean, I keep using that word, but really that is what it is. It is a guide uh, to a healing, and it is a guide to the deeper pleasures. And, and many uh, have uh, f- figured out through experimentation that there is a, a thing that one of my lovers long ago called pleasure shame, w- which is a, an intensely passionate form 
of uh, e- exposing one's emotions and one's feelings, uh, in- including all of the things that one would be the most likely to conceal uh, or to hide from other people. And in revealing those to others, preferably trusted others, but it does not always happen that way. Sometimes there are experiences that can seem injurious, but are, are actually um, set one on the path of uh, one's healing journey uh, along those lines. Uh, to court this as a as a uh, as a conscious experience, and rather than hiding and concealing shadowy emotions, uh, to to bring them to the surface of your own awareness, and and what you may find is that there are all kinds of things that would uh, accompany and enhance those experiences. And th- those include, by, by the way, something that is quite popular uh, these days, but I think uh, perhaps misunderstood, which is humiliation play. Uh, that is, I, I think, a, a, a top order kind of sex if uh, you want to experience something of the healing power of sex uh, to engage in humiliation play. This, of course, has to be done by agreement and, uh, and, and you know, with an understanding that there may only be so far that someone wants to uh, push the envelope, but it is a kind of exploration that is about pushing the envelope. I talk about a lot of this stuff on a program called Tantra Studio. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put a link to an edition of uh, Tantra Studio that uh, that I really love. I'm gonna put the whole player right below uh, this player. Uh, there'll be three players, therefore, on StarCast.fm or PlanetWaves.net slash StarCast. One will be this recording, and then I will uh, place the Tantra Studio edition uh, that I think is, um, well, it is close to these themes, but we could certainly talk a lot more about them. And then below that, the the introduction to the Sagittarius reading. So lots of good stuff to listen to. Please support the program if you like me, if you like my work, if you value my astrology, please become a member of Planet Waves. Uh, there are all kinds of options to do that. It's on the Become a Member tab. If you are not in a position to you know, afford the $14 a month, you can give any amount if you go to chironreturn.org and then write to me and tell me what you like and I will do my best to accommodate you. I am very much a person who likes to say yes. So uh, I would ask you to say a little bit of yes and uh, and help us out. I've got a lot of people to pay to do this program. I work very long days uh, you know, keeping this whole thing known as Planet Waves together. And I thank you for joining me as my guest and for inviting me as a guest into your mind, your home, your car, your consciousness. Signing off at 7.05, now 7.06 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Friday after Thanksgiving, 11-26-21. I'm Eric Francis. Thanks for listening and bye for now.